Welcome back to NFT C-Suite, the show where we learn how brand innovators are leveraging NFTs. I'm your host, Adam Connor, and today we chat with John Genovese. He's a principal at Amazon Web Services and over the years has served to introduce a number of new cutting-edge technologies to the executive elite. And this newest Web3 wave is no different. Today, we chat partly about the various applications of enterprise NFT infrastructure, but also we talk about the relative warmth of reception to the technology amongst enterprises today, plus how it mirrors innovations of old, and who is catching up the quickest. This is John Genovese on NFT C-Suite. John Genovese, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm glad you are, too, because I've had a few conversations here with uh, executives who are you know, running single entities and talking about this wild, wild west current world of NFTs. But you come in with expertise that they may lack and thus expertise, which is new for this show. But before I, I, I tease that any further, could we back up? Can we just get a little bit more about you to start? What's your story? What's your background? What are you all about? <laughs> Absolutely. So look, I think the reason that we're having this conversation is because in a lot of ways, I found myself over the past you know, decade or so being on the cutting edge of emerging technology, right? Everything from, I think, early days, IoT, right? Before it was called IoT, right? I think, you know, worked for a company that called it Code Halos, uh, helped introduce that to enterprise executives, you know, moved into a world of, of cloud and, uh, and agile user experience design, all before it was widely adopted. Um, containers, right? If you're a developer, if you're in the engineering world, you understand containers, introducing containers to CIOs and executives before that was even a thing. And then now, you know, fast forward, you, you see this world of NFTs and Web3 and Metaverse and, you know, insert buzzword here. And there's a lot of executives now that are asking to get up to speed and to understand how this fits into their world. Uh, so I've been spending a lot of time, both, you know, I, so I work for Amazon Web Services, one of you know, a very large technology company, and that gives me some great exposure to uh, enterprise executives. And I'll, I'll say just because it's a disclaimer that, you know, any anything I say here on this podcast is obviously an opinion of my own and, and not uh, Amazon Web Services. But I think because of this experience, because of the exposure of as being a global client partner for some of our largest customers in the world, uh, it's given me some great exposure and experience to seeing what they care about. Um, and then couple that with my management consulting background. And I think I've had some really interesting conversations about where the future of this is going in the enterprise. Uh, I'm happy to share that on this call. Uh, great. Along Good. That, I'll just say that, you know, we also have some exposure and experience with various startups trying to get into the space and helping them get more exposure to that as well. So I'm happy to share those experiences if, uh, if appropriate. Okay. So um, in short, between your cutting edge tech experience and your management consultant background, uh, you know how to have these conversations intelligently with executives who are maybe hearing some of these things for the first time. And before I go into uh, how these folks are, are, are getting exposed or, or what they're being told, let me first try and draw a comparison because you've said that you've introduced new technologies to executives for the first time where they had no idea what it was. And you've done it a couple times now. Well, today we're in this NFT Web3 again, like wide world. And a lot of executives have heard it a lot and still don't know exactly what it is. You have these conversations today. The first ones that you have, do they tend to mimic 
the ones that you had with those prior cutting edge techs? And the reason why I ask that is because even though it may not be the most certain of conversation to have right now, it must put you in a comfortable place because you've been down that road before. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say that. So when you say, hey, I want to talk about NFTs, how do you get past that first eye roll of like, oh, you mean the picture of the monkey thing? How do you water that world down for an exec who has only seen it in a hype forward, media forward, somewhat vapor wary way? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's two ways I would look at that. Uh, one is by asking the right questions. So, for example, you'd say, well, uh, you know, Mr. or Mrs. You know, CXO, you know, would you be open or interested in engaging with your customers in a new way that could open up new opportunities? Right. And typically the answer to that is always going to be yes, if you're you know, a forward thinking executive. So you, you by asking the right questions and framing and not even using the acronym of NFT or Web3 or, you know, any, again, buzzwordy acronym right now, but asking questions that will help them uh, relate to what's going on, you know, what they care about is a way to open that conversation up and have it and make it be productive. Right. I think the other angle here is, is starting with value. And, you know, one of the things that we used to do in, you know, when I worked in a prior world was really come at these conversations initially by focusing on any measurable outcomes that whether or, you know, it's a new technology. So sometimes coming up with measurable value is hard because there's not a lot of great use cases, but I think coming up with, you know, having a conversation that starts with value first, meaning, you know, for example, speed, right? Like if you could improve your speed by X, would that make a difference to your business? Well, yeah, it would. Well, if you could increase, you know, customer satisfaction by X, would that make a difference to your business? Well, what if you could create a new revenue stream? Would that make a difference to your business and generate, you know, millions of dollars in Q1 that you didn't have before? Would that make a difference? And by doing that and taking that approach, as opposed to being like, well, let me educate you about NFT and what does that mean? And let me get you some introductions to, you know, the different, uh, you know, validation mechanisms that exist on the blockchain. I think people's, you know, eyes roll back in their head and especially in the executive space, and their ears close. And I think you really have to have the conversation in, you know, meet them where they're at, right? And that's the way we've done it. Do you ever ask like what first comes to executives' minds currently? Because I think that, and I'm going to preview this conversation a little bit, I think you and I probably see the technology a little bit differently than this media forward current face that it has. When you have those conversations and, and you ask people what they currently understand of it, I mean, is this just an education problem for now? Or is this more of a sheer ignorance? Like, I don't have time for that on my plate. Uh, what yeah. what have you seen? Yeah. I'll give you the management consulting answer if it depends, right? Oh, um, awesome. Because Any, hey, anybody on this podcast heard that in response to an important? No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. You know, it, it, and it depends on, on who they are, on who the executive is within the enterprise. Because some executives that we found, they already have a mindset for this. They want to be that forward-thinking executive, right? They see their career path as one that's going to be this trendsetter. It's one that's going to, you know, light their industry on fire and effectively create a whole new, you know, world uh, by leveraging this technology. I think there's others that say, you know, like this is great, but, you know, clearly there's not a, a defined revenue stream here and my resources are strained. I don't have, you know, the bandwidth or the people or, you know, maybe even the funding set aside to go after this. So this is a 2024, you know, initiative for us. And I think you find people that and you find executives that are somewhere sometimes in between. And, you know, it really comes down to 
how serious they want to take this and, and how quickly they see the value in it. Uh, and I can go deeper into that, but that's really, I'd say, the, the, the crux of who we want to go speak with. Yeah, well, let me specify then, because if it truly does depend, is that based on like an industry, for instance? Like, are there some industries that you perceive out there to be faster moving on this than others? Oh, absolutely. Look, I think, you know, and then we can talk about that. You know, the way I see this, and maybe just taking a step back to just for mental framework, right? There's, you know, if you think about any type of enterprise, right, there's always going to be your your functions that are agnostic across any enterprise, right? HR, finance, you know, you name it, things like that, right? And, and, you know, security, there's, and there's different applications and elements and utility value that can come from applying blockchain and NFT technology to those, right? And those can happen across different industries. I think your specific question, you know, what industry uh, are we seeing take advantage of this? I would say that it is impacting different industries, but at probably at different rates. So, you know, I spend time with media and entertainment customers, and I can tell you that, you know, the M&E industry is taking this very seriously and probably jumping the furthest into it the quickest from just from our, my experience of what I'm seeing out there. And I think there's different reasons for that. I think these, you know, some executives that are in the M&E space, especially from the enterprise, look at this and say, wow, you know, we could at, at its base level create, you know, take our IP assets and put them onto an NFT exchange or a marketplace. And by doing effectively very little, they could now monetize assets that you know, they couldn't have before. So, for example, let's just say, you know, let's just say you're a magazine company and you've been around for a long time. You effectively could take, you know, the covers of some of your most popular magazines or even just the first covers of magazines that have been around for decades and you know, effectively give somebody the right to own that on the blockchain. You know, some executives might see that they're it's silly or there's no value in that. But as we can all see in the industry, like there's real there's real money being exchanged for things like this. So we're literally with relative and I say relative because there is a lift, right? There is a level of investment of time and energy and resources But with relatively low of that. You can actually go ahead and create an exchange based on IP that you already own and start monetizing that and effectively create a revenue stream that that really didn't exist before. Um, and that's one example. I mean, there's obviously others. Yeah, we might get into that a little bit. And this was a bit of what I previewed earlier. I, I think we see you and I both, and hopefully listeners to the show, and if not, you, you should, see this as a, a much more powerful technology. Uh, the monetization of assets and IP is great, but obviously the contracting technology beneath it can make for an extension of credibility as well as value. So I'm I've heard recently that like people should think more about crypto as software instead of money. People should think about NFTs as software instead of art. You know, given that software lens, where should enterprises be pointing their focus when it comes to the way in which this architecture or this infrastructure can completely rejuvenate or modernize their processes? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, one way to look at this is that the blockchain is simply just another computing mechanism for the enterprise, right? And a lot of enterprise technology companies would understand that. They would say, okay, if I look at it that way, it's just another way for me to run compute, right? Another way for me to run a database. Um, you know, is that simplifying it too much to the point where you now pull away its overall, you know, value and, and innovative capacity? Possibly. Uh, I think you have to have the big picture people who understand the technology that underline it. 
But I think, you know, when you find it's like anything else, right? Going back to what I said earlier, sharing, you know, new technology into an enterprise that can sometimes hit a lot of friction. We don't necessarily, as a society, have to do anything new to help our enterprise customers. Or if you're an employee of an enterprise listening into this and you're passionate about it and you want to really make a difference, you can follow models that have existed now for some time, right? Like there's great books out there. I mean, there's a book called um, Switch, right? It talks about how do you introduce new ideas and, and change into large companies. You could apply that same you know, model in books like that uh, to to doing this, right? To helping these these large technology teams that understand the architecture and understand how it can be used as another computer database layer and then go introduce that to the business teams that can really innovate on this. You know, there's, a, there's some ways to do it. Look, there's another interesting book too. Um, it was a great author. His name's Oren Claff. You know, he wrote a book called Flip the Script. It's a great book. And I know it's not necessarily related to blockchain and crypto and all those things, but he introduces an idea in that book that talks about Whenever you're pitching something new, um, you know, what you really want to do is try to attach it to something that already exists, right? That's something that people are already comfortable with, that are already familiar with, and then introduce the new idea, but branch it off of the thing that, that already exists today. And by doing that, like a good example of that is people might say, well, you know, I don't really want to go ahead and get a wallet and buy cryptocurrency because I don't necessarily trust it just to go buy an NFT, right? But today... Now, you know, announcements like Apple Pay are allowing you to buy NFTs with your credit card or through Apple Pay, right? Coinbase is getting into that. The industry in the end is, is all is evolving to the point now where you're seeing things that people are comfortable with, like their credit card, being introduced to new things like purchasing NFTs. I give that example to say, well, you know, what's happening today in the enterprise, right? Whether architecturally from a technology perspective or just from a business strategy perspective, that you effectively could accelerate with things like this technology. And I think that's the crux of a lot of, of where this is all coming from. And being able to identify that is really important. Well, identifying it is important. And in terms of what could be easily identified or most readily identified, obviously going with what you're initially comfortable with is good. What's some of the lowest hanging fruit in your opinion? And, and if this is you know, monetization of, of current or, or old IP, that's that's fine too. But I'd be curious because you've spoken with plenty of enterprises about this. Some have been probably skeptical. Some have been excited, rip-roaring, ready to go. Regardless, you know what the net of all of that has been. And so if I could have you fill in the blank, it's like when enterprises tend to think about introducing Web3 and NFT, typically their mind first goes to blank what would that blank be? Yeah. Yeah, I love that question. And I'll just you know touch on, I mean, it, it, I'll say media and entertainment space, but honestly, they could probably be applied to more industries than just that. I look at NFT, Web3, and, you know, Metaverse, and yeah, insert buzzword, uh, as another way for enterprises to engage with their customers in a way that maybe hasn't existed before. So if you think about, you know, what's happening today, and there's some projects that are taking place, I mean... I could go through and I could send, you know, share it after this. But there's different projects happening now where they're engaging with end users, customers, in a you know a pre-funded or a you know effectively just the idea stage of different initiatives. So think about you know a TV show or a book or uh, some media asset that 
people want to maybe validate before they you know, spend the time, energy, and investment of getting deep into it. So they reach out to their community. And again, a lot of enterprises have the benefit of the enterprise is that they already have many existing customers. Some are you know, more passionate about their products than, you know, than other companies. But if you're an enterprise and you have a passionate user base, I think what happens is you now have another excellent way to engage with them by getting them involved in the creative process of maybe a new product you're going to launch, maybe a new you know, book you're going to write, maybe a new you know, different application that you might be creating. And by doing that, you might be able to give a select group of these customers access to influence where this thing is going to go, right? So if you think of it as a TV show, right, what's happening in today's world is that there are some companies offering, I can't think of the name of it, but I can get it to you after this, that are offering to their customer base the ability to vote on where the show goes next, right? So imagine watching your favorite show and, you know, the next episode, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but what if you could effectively vote because you're part of this, you know, this OG community that got in on it early, right? You gave money because you bought, you know, a token or multiple tokens, right? So let, maybe you spent a couple hundred dollars, but now you've got in return for that an NFT that puts your place as part of the, you know, again, I'm just going to make up words, like of the production team for this media asset. And now what happens is you could effectively vote on, you know, maybe it's through a Discord channel or maybe it could be through their own enterprise platform where you want to take the show. And the creators and the writers might say something like, well, what should be hanging on the walls in this scene? Or what should this character say to this character in this scene? And now you actually have the ability because of that NFT, then that you have the ability to influence where this is going. The cool thing about that is let's just say at some point that that initial show or that initial product takes off. And now it's gotten a lot more interest, a lot more, you know, access, a lot more eyes on it. Your initial, you know, whatever, a couple tokens that you purchase, let's say you purchase it, I'm making numbers up here for 500 bucks. Because of the interest of that, and because of that ability to vote on where the direction of that, you know, asset goes, that might have appreciated now significantly that you could effectively go back and sell in a secondary market, make a bunch of money. But now somebody else who wasn't able to get in early can now get in because they purchased your past, your rights to go do that. And I think an example like that is something that gets me super excited because I think just that story, that example alone can apply to many different industries across many different applications. And it's not necessarily, you know, again, I say huge lift because they're obviously the infrastructure and the technology is all being developed today. Um, and, there, and there is a matter of you know, expertise that will be required, whether you know, it's homegrown within an enterprise or whether they borrow it from a you know, consulting firm or, or what have you. But once they do that and once they're able to kind of get that muscle established, they can do it over and over and over again. And what that's going to do is it's going to create this, this super passionate community of customers that you know, may or may not exist today. Or if it does exist, it's evolving that to the next level that these enterprises have never seen before. And I think that ability for you know someone like you or I to go have a seat at the table of some of our most favorite brands is something that's very exciting. And I think you're going to see more of it as time goes on. Yeah, deep, deep user engagement and that idea that you can get it on something early and have a material significant impact is always exciting. Doesn't matter what the thing is, uh, but that spirit, if you can capture it, can be incredibly powerful. Let me ask about the other side of the coin. Uh, you know, it might not be the lowest hanging fruit. In fact, maybe it's the highest hanging fruit 
that answers this question. But what's been your favorite application of this technology in the enterprise world thus far, based on what you've seen? I'm sure you've seen maybe at all, but I'm curious because I'd like to have our listeners' imaginations wander. Yeah, it's... um. I say one of the cool things that I'm seeing, and I don't, yeah, I think it's still being developed to some extent, but I think it's the, you know, the trend of, so, you know, the world wants to do better, right? The world, you know, people want to do better. People want to give more goodwill to the world, right? People want to stop climate change. People want to you know, do all these things that are effectively hurting, you know, whether it's Mother Earth or whether it's, just, you know, a different project that you're passionate about. But I think in the past, it's been difficult for, you know, both companies and individuals to really keep people accountable and to track the goodwill of where things are going. I think the applications of, you know, NFTs and the blockchain in general are going to allow companies especially to really be more transparent with what they're doing. And truthfully, I don't think the application or utility of this scenario has been fully vetted yet. So I don't have perfect uh, examples or use cases at the moment. But if you get, if you think big, and you, you know, put your think big hat on you say, well, you know, in 10 years from now, you know, how can we help society? How can we do better as a society? I think there'll be ways of leveraging NFTs to show that, you know, this company, um, you know, has really committed to what they said they were going to commit to, right? Whether it's reducing carbon footprint or whether it's, you know, doing something else that they said they were going to go do. By being able to have, you know, society validate that, I think is going to really hopefully accelerate and change things. Um, so I think that's one example I think that gets me excited. I think another example is that the ability for you to own your story in regards to like the professional community. So if you think about HR, for example, you know, right now you're basically confined to resumes and to your LinkedIn profile in many ways. But what if you could tell your story, you know, on the blockchain, right? Now, again, there's different security things you have to be concerned about, right? You don't want your name always exposed, but if your accomplishments could be tied to you, right, you could take that anywhere. It doesn't have to necessarily be just in one company. But if your boss in your company gives you a stellar review today, right, that necessarily isn't making its way onto LinkedIn. It's not necessarily making its way onto your uh, resume. But what if somebody wanted to go deeper and validate really what you've accomplished, right? They could effectively look at your you know, blockchain resume, if you will. And see all of these nuances that you know, get lost today. Now, again, that's a lot of work for some people and even HR managers who are you know, riffling through a lot of resumes might not get there. But if you come down to it and you're about to make a decision on a hire and you're torn between them and maybe a handful of others, how great would it be to look back on that person's blockchain and see all of the things that they've accomplished? And maybe that gives you a little better of an edge uh, over another candidate, right? That's another one. And then another third one that just came to me, I think is really cool. It's just the idea that, you know, think about concerts you've gone to in the past, you know, especially for new concerts or new bands that you've uh, supported who are relatively young and then maybe they blew up. You could have on your NFT, your blockchain of, you know, all the cool experiences you've, you've had. You could have bragging rights to say, look, you know, I've had the ticket stub that's been validated on my blockchain, right, from 1991, right? If I went to like one of the early shows, right, like say 311, I'm a big 311 fan. Like it'd be cool to say if I went to 311 show, you know, that was one of the con early concerts. I had proof that I was there, right? There's value in that, right? I don't know if someone else would go buy it per se, but from a bragging perspective, I think it's cool to have that traceability of who you are, right? Both professionally and, and socially, uh, I think it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting to me as well, because, you know, with all of, and, and, you know, largely what we are talking about is, is deep, deep engagement. I mean, we, we know, but listeners like businesses will figure out how to extend this into uh, other parts of their business to make everything, even those things that seem sort of, uh, well, dry today and old and, uh, or stable, reliable. We don't need to update it. We don't need to make it better. Uh, May just do that. Uh, Let me round out with this, John. What are you most excited about when it comes to the future of enterprise, either NFT infrastructure, Web3 infrastructure? I'm curious because you've seen so much in the present. What can't you wait to see next? Yeah, I would say, I think, it, you know, going back to the whole purpose of where this all started, right? I think what got people excited about, or is, you know, still is having many people get excited about, is that it's Web3 is the decentralization of the internet, is you being able to own your data, is you being able to own your story and your journey across, for sake of a better term, like, you know, life, right? And I think the ability to have you rep- be represented in one brand or with one company and then be able to take that and bring that to another brand or company or to another experience and have it all there in a, you know, for lack of a better term, in like an auditable way that could potentially unlock new experiences. Maybe it's discounts, maybe it's better rates, you know, if you're going for, you know, a mortgage or taking a loan out. Uh, I think this ability to have you represented on the blockchain that you own is, I think, what probably gets you'd be very excited to think where this is all going, because that's really where it started. That's what got this all started in the first place from a decentralization perspective. So being able to have that, and, you know, and again, I, it's difficult because it's like saying, you know, where the Internet was when it first got started, you know, in like 1990 and being able to predict, you know, Facebook and and Twitter, right? You, you couldn't do that back then. So I don't, it's hard, you know, we're trying to all see around the corner, but I think if you think big and you think about that as a, as an overall experience to say, if I owned all of my data, if I owned everything, if I owned all my experiences, how could an enterprise work with that to give me preferential treatment, to give me more personalized treatment, to make it more exciting for me to work with them? You know, and I put that both on the executives, you know, shoulders, as well as the consumer shoulders. Like we as consumers should be looking at this technology, looking at this space and saying, what do we want? What do I want? And putting that out there into the world. So, you know, a startup or an enterprise develops that. I think that's really important to be able to capture that. Yeah, I look forward to seeing where this world goes. And I appreciate getting a little glimpse into what might be coming next uh, from you, John. Thanks so much for joining us. uh, And uh, thanks for being here on the C-Suite. Absolutely. Thanks for me. History often rhymes, and I think enterprise NFT adoption, though not widely welcomed yet, A, needs to be, and B, will be sooner than you think. Thanks, John Genovese, for joining us. Thanks also to the community of listeners tuning into NFT C-Suite. We'll be back again real soon with another brand innovator to learn how they leverage NFTs. In the meantime, you can right-click, save as, and download this podcast wherever you listen. And you can also find us socially, NFTPro underscore on Twitter, and of course, NFTPro on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time.